0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe, uh, your safe place to discuss anything UFO, paranormal, or fringe. Tonight, we are hosting Paola Harris, the author of many books and investigative reporter, and just, you know, she's somebody that paved the way for real research um non-discriminatory research that she just put out for us to consume as humans so pellet for people we have a lot of new people in the community because of the whole um government acknowledgement the new york times article a lot of people are starting to actually think like hey there might be ufo or uap out there so so tell people about yourself who are you what have you been doing we know a lot of people will know but some will not so
1: Okay, well, I am an Italian journalist. My name is Paola in Italy. And so that's very confusing for people. So Paula Harris is just fine. Priscilla, you can call me Paula. Um, Basically, um, I um, am like Barbara Walters. I just do the work, I interview people. And like you, out of personal curiosity, but I've been doing it for such a long time. I began my career when I saw the movie Close Encounters in 1980. And I, uh, you know, everything happened as a, what do you call it, a a serendipitous event. In other words, it was all coincidences. I saw close encounters. I went to Evanston, Illinois on a a wedding that I was going to. And I met Alan Hynek. Uh, Mm -hmm. As you know, J. Alan Hynek was the head of Blue Book, the Air Force. And, And I never thought he was there. He would be there. But I wanted to see the files. So just as a coincidence, I walked in, asked the uh, secretary, and she told me that um, they could use some volunteers. He was there. He came around the corner with that famous pipe, just like the movie. Right. And he asked me to work for him for six years. So that was wow. my first, that was the, when, when you're working with an astronomer, you know, it's real. It's <laughs> not a joke. There's no joke. Yeah. And 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 hired by the Air Force, there's no joke. And then he was famous all over the world. And so uh, all I did was translate the Italian sightings in the beginning. And in the beginning, all I cared about was putting pins in a map, which was easy and it didn't bother me. I didn't start looking at what was inside or interviewing people about contact or any of that until later in my life. The irony is I began with Dr. Jalen Hynek and now in, in my later years, and I'm 76, I'm working with uh, with Jacques valet who is the, uh, yes. the ultimate. Yeah. So, and I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't go looking for him. He came looking for me because of a case that that I have been working on for four years, actually five years. It's nine now, totally, because when Jacques mm. came on board four years ago, you <laughs> added up nine. But see, I'm telling you this because any research is not uh, done on the telephone. It's right. not because you go on uh, YouTube and get a few things. we. I, when I say nine years, I've been on location for nine years. Let's go back to New Mexico. It's expensive.
0: Yes. I love that about you. I watched the interview with you on Gaia, and you were like, I don't just sit at home. Like, your boot's on ground. And I just love that because it's not common anymore, um, people to get out there. Well, it's not common because
1: it costs money. I mean, you, I can't even tell you we have to stay in a hotel. I have to get an airfare. uh, And Mm -hmm. nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to, to, uh, to, to, to spend their money unless they're subsidized. And there are some, you know, some of our colleagues that are subsidized, but then I, then you owe that person that paid for it. Uh, So I've been free because I don't do that. And, and in the early days when I like did the Michael Wolf case in Hartford, Connecticut, there's no way I could do that case from far away. I had to get on a little tiny plane in 1998 and fly from, I was living in Italy at the time, fly into oh, yeah. JFK. From there, I flew to Hartford, Connecticut. I went into his apartment. I was the only journalist that dealt with the Michael Wolf case. I was the only journalist that ever brought Colonel Philip Corso to Italy because here in the United That's States, amazing. people were so jealous of him and his book, even our own oh. people that they didn't listen to the fact that that was a turning point in UFO history. Yes. And the reason why that was a turning point is because I didn't realize it until I met Colonel Corso at the 50th anniversary of the uh, the Roswell party there that <laughs> the reason why the secret was being kept secret was because of the technology, not because anybody was scared about e- aliens or anything. Right, it's because right. we have the technology.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. And I love uh, the first UFO book that was gifted to me was The Day After Roswell by my uncle. So before that, um, he was one, like he was a Marine. He would never know that he was into, you know, researching, reading UFO books. But one day he's like, oh, you should check this out because he saw some books I had got from the library. So um, I'm a big fan of like, you know, Corso and what he's written and what he's done. There's some, well, it's when the,
1: somebody tells you they had the actual artifacts and went to big companies with envelopes of money to back engineer then, right. you you know, and he's not somebody off the street. He worked in the Pentagon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's he, incredible.
1: He, and and he worked in Italy. And when I brought him to Italy, he was the head of intelligence in 1945. Uh, the, and he was 28 years old. And I'm going, oh, my God, you know. And he's showing me where the offices were. And he showed me where... You know, a lot of his experiences were where the American soldiers were, the hotel they were. At. I mean, I was able to verify uh, everything he said. And our researchers are I'm not going to name them. bash won't him, ask. <laughs> bashed him. Oh, well, it's, it's in the book, Conversations with Colonel Corso. I wrote, when I was with him, I realized I was with history. So I wrote a book called Conversations with Colonel Corso. It's in three different yes. languages: Spanish,
0: English, and Italian. And I uh, accidentally ordered Trinity in Spanish the first time. <laughs> so, I and I understand Spanish, but I don't speak it, and I cannot read it. It would have been a great way to learn Spanish, though. So maybe I'll keep yeah, it. I'll get it in
1: English. No, 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 Spanish. Uh, but, but you know, but I, I, I. This may sound weird to you, but I'm much more well known and re- well respected and. In Latin America and in Italy than even here so because <laughs> here here in America it's more of an entertainment field. Yes. I feel that it's more of a, this is my opinion, this is oh. entertainment. It's like it's just like, you know, it's got it's sensationalism, entertainment and like in Italy, if you go to a UFO conference, nobody's wearing a T shirt or a tinfoil hat or <laughs> little gray alien glasses right. and all that stuff. They that doesn't happen. You know, yes serious it's a serious subject um and because i have a master's in education and i'm basically a teacher i wish it were dealt with in a university more than oh yes you know conferences and stuff but i mean and so that's why i invented the uh the laughlin conference that goes on once a year and i've been doing it for seven years november november 11th to 13th i created a company called Starworks usa and the conference had like Jacques Valet, the remote viewers, I had Uri Geller, mm-hmm. Russell Targ, I have the conferences, <laughs> I have the original people and what's great about Micah? I won't allow craziness, or, yeah. you know, T-shirts or, or gadgets and all that stuff.
0: So I can't but get a T-shirt with your face on it and show up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding. Uh, but, well, I, Like last year was artificial intelligence. So we well, it's a conference, conference,
0: right? It should be a professional thing. Um, I have I a background sure. in molecular biology and we go to virology co- conferences and you don't show up in your university T-shirt. I mean, some of the really brilliant guys did because they're just that brilliant. Like nobody cares. But you go to a conference, you got to dress up. You know what I mean? Like be professional. But it's not
1: so much that it's the representation of what UFOs are. And they're not little gray alien stuff. Right. You know, the thing is, I it was artificial intelligence last year and we did it in Laughlin, Nevada. People could go to WWW Star Wars USA to see all the photos. And we had robots in the lobby.
0: Wow. That's I cool. mean,
1: robots, functioning <laughs> robots. I mean, they were talking to people.
0: I think that's cool. I'm very fascinated by that as well. I'm not smart enough to get into robotics, but I like watching um, the development of it. And I'm sure you have links to this on your website, right? That's in the description, guys. So if you look at her website, you can probably find all. Yeah, well, actually,
1: the the Star Wars USA has all the pictures of the robots and and uh, and, you know, and, and, and Jacques Vallée was talking about artificial intelligence because what i want to do instead of just doing abductions and that kind of thing is look at the future like do futuristic yes. kinds of things um my personal belief is those little gray beings that they found on the ships were artificial intelligence anyway yes. i mean they were they yes. they were programmed to fly a craft and that's not a, you know that's not a, a being um yeah. You know, you'll like, hear that
0: a lot too. Um, people with more maybe grounded views think that because of um, they always look the same. They don't seem um, people that have experienced them don't. They don't seem um, they seem robotic. They seem like they're just kind of like doing a program or a job or you know um, that they're told to do. So it's interesting that you bring that up because I think a lot of people are kind of leaning that way.
1: Well, also Colonel Corso, who knows what he's talking about, told me they weren't afraid of these little beings because he showed me. In my book, Conversations with Colonel Corso, there is a, a uh, it, it looks like a table of of the beings' autopsy. There's an autopsy report. Yeah. And Colonel Corso said that they weren't so afraid of the actual, you know, beings. They were afraid of who created them. Right. They look like us. Yes, a he, he said they could have been walking in and walking in the halls of the Pentagon and nobody would have known, he said, and they are creating these things and they look like us. He was more afraid of that, he told me. And that makes more sense to me, even in all the interviews I've done. I've done I yes. have six books and they're all interviews and everything that people have told me. I mean, people that are really viable people suggests that the real extraterrestrials look just like us. And they're not all blonde, blue-eyed either.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of that because the whole Venusian thing and the Pleiadians and all these uh, people saying, you know, um, they almost look like uh, what you would see in like the Greek God statues or descriptions of Greek gods, which is, is also interesting to think about. And you had mentioned, we were kind of chatting before, you had mentioned they kind of will show you, you'll kind of get what you're looking for when you're looking for things, right?
1: Oh well, yeah, I asked you about your interest because it is an ordinary, I mean, it's not normal for everybody to be interested in this. I mean, I can't even <laughs> talk about this with my kids. And, and if you really want to have some kind of connection to the galaxies, the universe, and the skies, you can get it. If you have a pure heart, I mean, you're going to get something that validates, you know, the, that direction. So in whatever form you're going to get, it doesn't mean you're going to get abducted. I'm so sick and tired of the field right. uh, becoming a kind of abduction Disneyland that that it's not a way that you can have a conversation with anybody. Um, the people I'm talking to today, I'm looking more at the history of ancient aliens. So oh if you go back there, you realize we've never been alone. I don't know where we're getting Roswell. We've never been a long
0: war. I think that all the time. I'm like, has nobody studied ancient Sumeria or am I the only nerd? You know what I mean? And people kind of like are stereotyping when we say the ancient alien type things like, because they think, you know, like the the Hollywood version of it that we see on the show, ancient aliens, people are, they don't understand it so they kind of like shut it down. But if you look at your history and your lineage even genetically, you're going to find some accounts of Things in the sky and identified objects and people from the sky. Like it's, it's of course. everywhere.
1: I mean, just go to Mexico. I mean, Quetzalcoatl, the plume yes. serpent. It's, it's in their city hall. And, yeah. and, and, and he came from the skies and, and the Lakota Sioux in, in North Dakota. They'll tell you that they, their ancestors come from the Pleiades and they're right. there. I mean, they're not worried about what you think. I mean, that's and that kind of history is word of mouth. It's it comes down from, you know, their traditions, Latin America. And I and and I'll be honest with you, because I'm very disillusioned about how we're dealing with everything here. Um, I you know, I know The New York Times made it legitimate. But what are we
0: looking at? We knew they were right. already
1: here. I mean, d- 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 where are we going with that? What is the right. reason? And,
0: and that was what, my next question. Your thoughts on that and the yeah, government involvement well, of they, disclosure? They,
1: <laughs> they're they're waiting to to have another space war so we get all the weapons. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way we think, you know. So, uh, and Werner von Braun told Carol Rosen that he said the first card's going to be terrorism. The second one is going to be. Um, uh, you know the very last one they'll use is an alien invasion. Well, for God's sakes, they would have done it a long time ago. I mean, they would have done it during the time of the book Trinity when yes. we when we did. If you read the book, you realize that was no test of an atom, atomic
0: bomb. Oh, everybody's All reading the book. That's their good. homework. If you're watching this, if you're watching my show, that everybody's reading Trinity because that they got it. That's it's the book club choice of this month. <laughs> So and it just so happened that you said yes. I was like, guys, I'm putting Trinity in because, you know, Paulo's coming on and and I was and I told my little you know my little UA, ufo book club friends, but yeah. So everybody's reading it again and you know, like not everybody. Well, everybody
1: <laughs> should understand that was not a test. There was no test. That was a real yeah. live atomic bomb that they didn't yeah. tell the people. The seventy thousand people. And so, when somebody like Jose Padilla's mom opens the door at, at four thirty in the morning and sees the light of a thousand sun, she gets blinded. Right. In one eye. She gets blinded in one eye. He loses his eardrum, all the yeah. cattle and everything, and they never told him. So, it isn't like it isn't like oh, we did a test. You can't do a test right. a time. That was we exploded a bomb. The exactly. Bomb- when we did that, though, it caught somebody's attention because I, I really believe down deep that when you do that, it kind of rever- reverberates in every dimension. And it's almost like the kids have found the matches. Right. And so that is, I think, the message of the first crash. And by the way, that was yes. way before Roswell. Roswell Yes. Was yes. Here.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, um, there is another gentleman and I'll have to get his name. He has a website and I haven't been able to get a hold of him, but he talks about seven different crashes after the nuclear testing. Um and it's really yeah, interesting. There was
1: yeah. there was Aztec Corona, the Plains of St. Augustine, there was um there was Roswell. Roswell's just one of them, but the right. the beauty the beauty of, of of this, it supports Roswell, but it also it, it, we have the kids. Uh, uh, one of them died in 2013. Oh, yeah. Thank God I got I got yeah. him before, and I have all of his audio, all of his video. Um, we have three kids still alive. We have the location, and they and and the nine-year-old went inside the craft and pulled something off the wall. So we even have. Yeah. a piece So you know we have everything. it, it isn't like this thing crashed and it was fifty million pieces that was strewn over three miles. You can see the mark of where it landed, and it hit a radio tower. And when it hit the radio tower, it spewed out something called angel hair, white, white, looked
0: like fiber optic stuff. And that's happened in other places, right? Didn't that happen? Was it in Italy where that happened at the soccer ball game? Yeah. Wow. during I, I a just, soccer game, yes, isn't that crazy? I just, I yeah. just picture like my yeah. son, my little baby's playing soccer in these like <laughs> But yes, well, I thought no, that was interesting because not a lot of people know that about Roswell and well, the other crashes.
1: The one in Italy it was a soccer game. They all looked up. I mean, you know, you want any more witnesses than that? If you want to prove, we don't need gun right. gun footage from a from a military camera <laughs> to believe yeah. in UFOs. I mean, come on if if you study the subject matter, there's there's I mean in China, it's sh- UFOs have shut down the Beijing airport. I don't know how many times, you know yeah, I mean, people get out of the United States they'll so see that the, this is right. a common thing. But going back to the angel here, I was talking to you about when when it hit the the white the tower, there was a metal tower, and then the, it landed about three miles away. It, it spewed out this, it looked like fiber optics because it was all lit up in pink and purple and everything. Right. And the kids didn't know what it was because they don't know anything about UFOs. In 1945, there was no Roswell right. or anything. And they decorated the Christmas tree with, with all that stuff. They decorated at Christmas.
0: <laughs> that is We're
1: like, we need- <laughs> well, no, they put it on the windows and they put it in a bag and their neighbors would come and say, we like what you got in the window. So I'll let right. up and they gave it to so, them. So that, yeah, coming out of a
0: UFO. Can you believe Yeah. That? <laughs> They're so innocent, you know, and like you said, it's not how it is everywhere. It is now. Like, we see it, like, I mean, I see it because that's what I read about. But, like, even people, like, you know, like, there's neighbors that used to make fun of me for thinking about, you know, having, talking about UFOs. And now they're like, oh, well, did you see that? Well, minutes? I mean, if you, know? you
1: have, if you're logical at all, come on. You yeah. Know, it, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I even hate going there anymore. If you yeah. look at Renaissance paintings, there's all kinds of UFOs Absolutely. there. Uh, if you study ancient aliens, you know that the people come from the stars. Well, who do you think they are? You know, right. today, if you if you study, and I really, really, and I'll even mail it to you, um, appreciate the, uh, the work of Jaime Maussan, the journalist in Mexico, because he's always at my conferences in Laughlin, and people should come just to hear him. He had a whole bunch of videos of, of UFOs this year going in and out of volcanoes. And he's got People just
0: ignore that, you know. Do you think it's because we're kind of fed a certain narrative here? No, or, because we or... don't
1: think it's anywhere else except here,
0: yeah. Unless you've done your research, right? Like, oh, cause... yes,
1: you have to be international and you have to look at everything. You have to look at, um, I mean, he's looking, he, he chose uh, to look at his presentation was amazing because he chose to look at. The UFOs coming out in the volcano in the Canary Islands and Etna in Italy and the one they got in Mexico City, these UFOs are coming in and out and it's security cameras, security, what do you call it, the security cameras, you see them. And then he, another thing he showed, which I was blown away, was the meteorological charts of storms that go across the country and there's this symbol that appears in all of these charts, uh, television charts. And, and the symbol is spiral, and, and and we didn't put it there. I mean, none of the guys wow. that were doing the graphics put it there. So the message, as Jaime said, is watch out. Uh, the ecological problem on this earth, the storms, the imbalance ecologically is going to do us in. We really don't need aliens. Good. We don't need war. The, the way we're treating right. the planet is going to do us in. That's the biggest thing. And Absolutely. because I work in Latin America and I work with Ricardo Gonzalez and he's on Gaia, people should listen. The messages I've been in the Atacama Desert. I've been in Argentina. I've been in in uh, in Colombia, and and the messages are ecological. We are, we're we're going to run out of water. Uh, the it's right. just going to. And so somebody is worried about us. Yes. Somebody. I'm not going to say so. The messages that are coming out of Latin America ecological and and when Heine showed these these, you know, these television maps with these spirals uh, and and he showed one after another, people could go online and see his presentation from Laughlin this year and they'll they'll be blown away because that is research and he is not a ufologist. He is a journalist. He's like a regular journalist, so he doesn't go looking for UFOs. He goes looking for patterns.
0: Yes, that makes a lot of sense. You had mentioned that before. um, You know, Betty and Barney Hill. Not a lot of people talked about like these gray beings or these different types of beings. No, there were
1: no gray aliens in the 1950s and 60s. Didn't exist. Now, why is that? Now, uh, in in this, actually, we had the bomb after the bomb we had adamski and people should study that and there's books by michel Zerger. i'm bringing him over here from tokyo who talks about the adamski even has they've enhanced a picture of worthon who says stop using nuclear well my god does it take a rocket scientist say you guys if you start playing with this this is no win situation right. and you look at look at the war now everybody's worried yes. nobody touch nobody touched the uh the nuclear plant, but that's what they're looking at. They're looking at logical right. things. And so uh, Adamski and those guys, you know, Howard Menger, Adamski, Van Tassel, the Giant Rock Group were the first mm-hmm. contactees. There were no little gray anythings. And they were yeah. told to to tell the world to limit the the nuclear. Uh, and we had in Italy, Eugenio Sedacuzzo, who's our Adamski. So if people study the patterns of the contact, then then Betty and Barney Hill came in in the 60s and that's all it took because then I believe the intelligence community went and said oh yeah now we could just use that and anything that yeah. disturbs disturbs people we can call ET and and you and I had a really good conversation with any kind of demon or anything you see is not ET it could right. be I, I believe I could believe it it could be from other dimensions it could be you called it in you, because there are there are other entities and other dimensions. Yes. All of that stuff, that is not ET. And and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I mean, it doesn't even make sense to me that you would have 40 years of genetic harvesting. That'd be really stupid. You could get DNA from a glass. So, you know, you're going to have to look at, um, our field, which is mainly uh, Little Grey alien Contact, and go backwards in history to the 1950s, to Howard Menger, to to George Adamski, to Orfeo Angelucci, to all those guys. And I did that and realized that they left the United States and went to Latin America. So people like Sisto Paz Wells in Chile with 10 guys are seeing these craft land and these guys coming off in the 1960s coming off the craft. I mean, these space people coming off the craft in the 1970s. So we had 1950s and 60s. They went to Latin America in the 1970s. And people were coming off. You know, I did so much research there. I realized that the the most interesting part is that we have space people that that look like us that come from either different dimensions or they don't all come from other planets. But they're giving us a warning about the planet uh, because they feel like that we're all you related in some way you know i mean right it's it's so if you have to look at the patterns and the only way that you could do that is if you think internationally you cannot think that yes it's the only place anything happens
0: right that's the great that's one of the great things about um I started on Instagram, and there's a lot of uh, gentlemen in the UK and everywhere, Amsterdam, you name it, studying uh, France. They are they are bringing those. They're bringing light to those um, cases if people want to see it or people are looking for it. We we do have to look beyond just the United States because there's so many compelling cases all over the world um, from you know other places. So they're started- compelling cases,
1: and they're not abductions. They're kind. Cont- right. Uh, the contact that, um, there are pe- some people that are open to contact, so right, whoever it is is going to contact them. And, and so this know, might it, seem
0: like a kind of like an obvious question, but can you explain contact? Because I've met some people that think that contact, abductions, and experiences are all you know, um, the exact same thing, or they use it interchangeably.
1: Well, the problem, yeah, because first of all when you have a contact you you go crazy unless you can explain it and a, a lot of people explain it religiously and then it becomes something different because they can't explain it i mean who can explain it so you got to put it in a box and if you don't put it in a box you go crazy so that's why we got all these you know fear based uh theories out there because but for me when somebody is abducted especially if it's a human being uh, by another human being, usually their throat is cut. They're mm-hmm. either raped or hurt, and they're thrown yeah. in a dumpster. So the yeah. abduction yeah. scenario scenario is they take you, uh, and maybe I mean there's a theory that you agreed to it a long time ago. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but they take you. They they do something to alter your awareness, and then they put you back. I mean you're back, you can go to the grocery store the next day. You know, right. and, and it is traumatizing. It is traumatizing, but I think that people are chosen so that their consciousness is raised because the planet, if you even look at what's happening with the war and everything right now, has not progressed. Yeah. This 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 planet's no different than World War One, World War Two, or the Caveman Days. Yeah. And and so what's happening is these these beings that are evolved are going. What what do we do to raise the consciousness? And sometimes they have to shock you into, yeah. and, into getting out of your comfort zone. And 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 so I I like the word contact because it is contact. I mean, yes. even the skeptic like uh, what's his name, Carl Sagan, who who right. refused to talk about ETS <laughs> before he died, he he did contact with Jodie Foster movie where she oh, yeah. had contact. Yeah, the being looked like her father, but you know, the words at the end of that movie is what Carl Sagan really believed—that uh, there are more evolved out there beings that that are saying, "Hey, it's you know, human race, you've been going around like this for a long time. Right. It's, don't you think it's time to wake up?" And 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 uh, this idea that we're separate—I uh, will right. say. And I don't know if people have seen me in his movies that I admire Dr. Stephen Greer. And I was in his, uh, in two of his films. Uh, and yeah. where he, he says, basically the species needs to come together as one We're one. We're one. Right. We're not all different. Uh, we're, one. we're one, we're one humanity. And, and if we did that, then we would be powerful enough to and, and great enough to, to deserve meeting a more evolved species
0: Absolutely. But
1: right now we're fighting among ourselves. How in the world are we going to sit down and have coffee with an ET? Right. Thinking, you know, like, oh. Exactly.
0: We'd be, we'd be too busy judging them, or you know, for the most part. Yeah, we, um, what we, is? We can't handle it. We uh, we couldn't. I
1: mean, we can. Some people can handle. It. I want to tell you a story, though. This this is gonna you're gonna love the story. Michelle Zerger that I'm bringing to Laughlin from the 11th to the 14th this year. He did all the work on Adamski and he did a book, he wrote a book. And by the way, you might want to get this book for your book up called We Are Here, Visitors Without Passports. And his name is, well, because he's French, it's Michel, Z-I-R-G-E-R. We Are Here, Visitors Without Passports. And he shows examples of, of human type beings that are living among us and I couldn't believe it. I said, "Are you kidding me? I mean, they could be in your apartment building, and everything." Right. And he said, "Yeah." He said, uh, "Paula, I've done enough research." And so he married a Japanese wife. He's in Tokyo. He uh, so I'm bringing him from Tokyo. And he said to me, "Paula, I, I'll give you an example." He said, I, uh, "Me and my wife were going to a restaurant in Tokyo. We went to dinner." And he said, two very good-looking blonde men walked in. They looked like male models. He said, and in my mind, he said, I, I thought, I wonder if they are from this planet. And these <laughs> two guys went, and they were eating. They had their dinner. And on the way out of the restaurant, they walked over to Michel and on a napkin in French. And how did they know he was French? Right. They wrote, nous sommes ici. We are here.
0: Wow. That's now, amazing. not just
1: that that really happened, and they yeah. are in Tokyo, and he's French, and so they read his mind when they walked in. So they gave him the satisfaction of, and, and, and actually, that interview is on my is on my YouTube channel for people. But I want people to question him on the amount of work he's done on the and the Adamski stuff. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. so in a restaurant in Tokyo, huh? we are here now. What else do you want? I mean, yeah, what, what, he, he didn't talk to them. He They went and ate their dinner over in the corner and he was with his wife. And I love that story, Priscilla. And you remember that impressive. story? That really happened. So I'm thinking to myself, why can't that happen to me? But, right?
0: Let's <laughs> have <laughs> well, a you know, French I'll, guy I'll, come uh, whisper French to me.
1: <laughs> well, that, that, I can say we are here. I'm okay. I'm, yeah, say, that you know, would be cool. Well, yeah. Do you I think a, the, the world
0: wants that. Like um, there I got in a little bit of like uh. People were not happy with me because I put you know people kept saying like, they want the uh ETS or the extraterrestrials to come save the world right now, and I said well, how is it do there that? We'd
1: make another religion? We'd have an ET religion like we did, right? We, you know why would we then we everybody would adore them? We'd have another religion be stupid? No, yeah. that's not how you teach a baby to walk. You know right. Walk. Or exactly. you don't walk for them. You inspire them. You inspire them in some way to get up and walk and they have to fall down and then they get up and then they walk. No, they, they're never going to do that. I, I do believe that they may interfere. Uh, like many people don't know, but there was a huge UFO over Chernobyl that sucked up a lot of that radiation. Right. And we, I saw that picture because I was living in Europe from 1992 to 2007. So we were getting photos uh that nobody saw and they, there was one that was over Chernobyl. I mean, but I, I think they're sick of it. They're, I mean, how many times do they have to step in and stop something from happening? The, right. the Malstrom Air Force Base, you yes. probably know this, you know,
0: shutdown. How, how many times? Yeah.
1: Multiple times, that's uh, a Rob
0: Silas talked about that. I think, um, one of his uh, press releases, yeah.
1: How many times do you have to do that when people don't get a clue? And not only that, they didn't destroy the missiles, they just shut them down so the following week they could go back up again, exactly. Now, logically, that's not a hostile act.
0: And like, but people in the you know, defense department say, well, they're in our airspace, so therefore it is a threat. Do you know what I mean?
1: You know, but the Native Americans said, who owns airspace?
0: Who right. Land.
1: I mean, yeah. really, the Native Americans, who owns this stuff? You know, right. Who owns the planet? I mean, we're guests. We should be guests. I mean, who owns it? Exactly. This? What do you pay for every square inch of airspace? It, 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 some of this is so <laughs> logical and crazy that, that, you know, I'm going, they're in our airspace.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a kid saying, mine, mine, you know what I mean? I have two boys, they fight over things, and they're like, mine, mine, you know? It's like, that's what it feels like sometimes. And people, there are people that are so ready just to buy the threat narrative. Like, they're not here to help. They're not here to warn us. They'll take whatever they see on mainstream media and not look into what they just read. You know what I mean? And there has been several cases where, like, fake like CGI videos have been passed as real to the public not too long ago, and people are like believing it. And you, know, it's no, just- but we,
1: no, look, we are a dangerous race. If you if just look at this planet, I, I, <laughs> I don't know of anybody that would want us flying around anywhere. Right? Yeah, you know, we, you know, even, even. Gene Rottenberry whom I loved Star Trek I mean he believed that everybody should come together and and he had all different representatives of different alien he had Spock and he had all these right. different people <laughs> and and it was he was he was inspiring us in those days that's why you go to I used to go to Star Trek conventions in Italy and there were 3,000 people. And I'm going yeah. how do you get 3000 people at a Star Trek convention and I'm only getting like 200 at a <laughs> UFO convention? because those people were inspired they were yeah. inspired by Gene Rottenberry this is the vision of the future this is what should be happening not yes. not um, you know not all this craziness I mean yeah. we, we can't think with a human mind we should be thinking with a, a very spiritual mind You know, we're not we're not just animals down here, but it looks like we are. But
0: yes,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but we should be, you know, maybe we have friends in high places, you know, and as far as saving us, that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, a
0: lot of people weren't happy with me because before this, I. I taught like metaphysical, like um, like classes with my friend, and we talked about um, like meditation techniques, chakras, uh, different things like that, like herbs, like kind of witchy stuff, and a lot of the people. That's not witchy; that's
1: me. esoteric, and it's very old. It goes back to the Greeks.
0: <laughs> like, so, where does medicine come from, right? And medicine comes from well, it from, comes from, plants, plants. from the so. it goes from the Greeks. I mean, every
1: single Greek king hmm. had a, a psychic. Right in the days of uh, in Athens, they had. They had the oracle in Italy. Yeah. The Romans
0: had the Sebeas. I
1: mean, people are stupid. They're, they're not educated. That's
0: a problem. They don't. Look yeah. At they it. don't read so, beyond what they see is the problem. Well, so if it's we're history. Trusting-
1: I mean, it's history. This, what I'm telling you was real. I yeah. mean, they it's history. That's who they had by their sides before they went into battle. The Oracle of Delphi. Right. Yeah. The, the oracle she, <laughs> she was a woman who, who could tell what the battle was going to be. I mean, yes. Yes. She wasn't yes. she was a psychic and, and and I really believe down deep that everybody is psychic and too. everybody yes. is has these abilities. It's just a society, religion, and everything else takes them right. away from you. So yeah. but um so don't worry about what people think about you because <laughs> I mean you're just doing it you you're what you're doing is presenting different views, which is really good. Because there is no one view, so people can make up their own minds. That's why my book is all interviews. They can make up their own mind. And I like that.
0: I really like that because there's so many books that friends will send me, and I want to believe it. Like I want to believe that, you know, there's this council looking over us. They're going to visit and they're going to do all this stuff. And I've had crazy meditation, astral journey type experiences with uh, the help of you know plant medicine. So I've seen some crazy things, but I'm still. Like the world isn't really, you have to experience something like that for yourself, for one. And two, it's nobody's going to believe it. They're not ready. We can barely agree on the hairstyle that everybody should wear. You know what I mean? Like we can't agree on, like, people like things at surface level, is what I'm trying to get at. So it's hard to yeah, tell people, are people that afraid. aren't ready.
1: I, I, that isn't that they like things, they're afraid. Because if you open up your mind and if you have experiences, it really does something to you and you yeah. change. And a lot of people don't want to change. Yeah. And that is exactly what the ETs are waiting for, that we change.
0: Yeah, and, I, and- had, um, I agree with that. Um, I, and I tell people and I've met people that had just had their first, they've seen their first UFO and it just, if they're open to it, it'll. there's always like that holy crap moment, like, you know, we were led to in church or whatever religion they're following. And then after that, it just this whole new uh, these possibilities open up for them. And that's when we get the expansion of consciousness. Right.
1: Well, the bottom line, see, I went, I was just telling everybody and this is really true. I started with pins on a map. OK, I don't want to know anything else. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> I can't handle it. I, You know, I'm OK. I'm having a nice life. But yeah. then, I, I, then I went on to, to talk to people that had had real contact with these beings, uh, especially in Latin America. And they were telling me they, they're regular people. And then they were telling me what the messages were. And, they were and, and, and then I went from there to, well, what's the bottom line? And with the help of Grant Cameron and a lot of other people that have gone oh. way past in the UFO field, we realized the bottom line is the expansion of consciousness. I mean, why else would they visit you? I mean, yes. so that you you grow up and, and consciousness is just being aware,
0: being aware of yes. everything. You had mentioned before too, like they're going to, um, I told you about my experience. You're like, well, yeah, they showed up as, I believe that you saw a UFO from outer space because that's what you were looking for. And that really plays into, how does that play into the phenomenon, I guess, and our consciousness, do you think?
1: Well, what you saw, we don't know, came from outer space. We didn't sit down and have coffee and ask them where they came from. (laughs) (laughs) We can't assume. Right, right. What you saw was magic. And it was the opening up of dimensions so that you could see past your your four-dimensional level and showing you that you're capable. And you walked away and weren't freezing, you know, freezingly... I call it, you know, like uh,
0: paralyzed yeah. and scared. Right, the so ontological they, thing, uh, happened crisis. Right, and-
1: yeah. I mean, you were like an ah, you were like a kid. Like wow, those. Do you remember in, uh, in Close Encounters the little boy that was taken and he kept saying ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and had, when those when those craft came in and they were like all balls and they were yeah. all
0: ice he, he cream.
1: And, and, and I thought, right. oh, God, that's all I want you to do is be like a little kid, just be. Like and a that's little why kid. these amazing
0: Maybe. sightings happen to kid, right? The amazing contact events, like the one in Africa and the one in Australia that Ross Cosart was talking about on um, one of his documentaries, and because kids are just yeah, so. Case.
1: Yeah, but how many people study this? I mean, how many people know the Rwanda case that John Mack did and the Westall right. case that that John, it was. James Fox is, yeah, was because I'm the one that connected those guys to do that movie. <laughs> I met an Australian. I met an Australian. I introduced him to James Fox. They had beers together. And the next thing <laughs> you know, the Australians got the Westall case with the kids, with, with this craft that landed in 200 kids and the principal yeah. and everything and saw it in Australia. Uh, so that's my job. I mean, I connect all these stories, but it, it's it's called education. You have to study right. it all. And, and actually the, the Westall case and the Rhonda case are the two favorite parts of the James Fox movie phenomena that I like because yes, yes. it deals with kids. And of course, yeah. for you people that should read Trinity,
0: <laughs> they're going to they can be my you guys can't be my friend if you don't start reading. I'm sorry well,
1: but uh, you know <laughs> I'm not going to name them, but two of the most important uh, scientists in the UFO community said it was the best UFO book. That nonfiction ever written. And Jacques Vallée, when he writes, he writes beautifully. He writes like a novel. He writes like a a storytelling novel. He has a
0: beautiful. Very entertaining. Yes. uh, The way he'll say something so intelligent and it'll make sense because of the way he tells it or writes the narrative or the story. We just read Messengers of Deception um, from Jacques last month. And that
1: Whoa. one. I've got to tell him. <laughs> tell him. He, he, he thinks people don't read anymore. Well, oh, they no, we read. They no. We
0: read. We would do anything to get you and Jacques on to talk about Trinity for our book panel. And I, I have very down to earth, great people. Um, but I'll, I'll harass you about that later. <laughs> well, so no, Jacques is
1: going to Paris like in five days. He has an apartment there. And if people want to read Jacques' Life, they should read Forbidden Science 1, 2, 3, and 4. He has an apartment in Paris. He goes be back and forth from San Francisco to yeah. Paris. So you can't catch him. We are going to be on coast to coast, I think, on the 16th together. Oh,
0: very cool. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. he gets to do it at 9 o'clock. I get to do it at 1 in the morning. next. <laughs> Somebody's got
0: to stay up late or wake <laughs> up earlier.
1: Right? But, you know, people, both. people should realize that it's a miracle that a man and a woman could write a UFO book together like that. That the collaboration of Jacques Vallée and me is a miracle and a half. That's never been. I don't think that's been done uh, by two researchers of our caliber. It's it's it wasn't easy because I don't agree with him all the time. In fact, <laughs> we've had we've had like a a, a few discussions, and but that we could work together and use our individual talents and produce such a a, a masterpiece yes that book is a masterpiece it really it, is it, it is the bestseller. i'm not just uh, saying is. that
0: because you're here i read it last year i read it when it came out and it was like i was like i just i like history as well so mm-hmm. i when i'm reading it i just enjoy that. there's There's not really a lot of like blanks where you're like, yeah, but you know, I mean, you're going to get questions out of a book written about unidentified flying objects, but not like, but the way you guys melded your research together, it it was done so well. So well. I did the questioning because people tell me everything
1: so i did all the questions i mean the, the way when i question, they just tell me everything so i uh, he he studied he studied all of my interviews and then he glued it together with with the conclusions he came to and and uh and and it was it was very well done but mostly you know i have this feeling i'm going cuz i was working on it 5 years before he came along and um and i thought my god somebody Back in 1945, knew we were going to write this book, like it's those beings. They That's, knew, they knew already yeah. that we would come along. Otherwise, why would they crash? Nobody would have known about it. Nobody, because you, you, you people thought Roswell's old
0: news, you know. And you guys came up with so much new information in this book that people haven't had not heard before.
1: Well, it's not a comparison, really. What what the story is 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 that these two little boys didn't speak about it well obviously one of them went in and stole something he's not going to tell the <laughs> world you know he stole from the inside of the craft somebody he, had
0: a question about that earlier um <laughs> does there was there any other developments with the object that he took
1: well i don't think we're ever going to find out and right <laughs> now it's at stanford um if there is i don't i think they hide a lot from us you know, with technology, we're not going to find out. Um, it 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 is a hundred percent or something. It's an aluminum alloy. But what's right. it doing on a plaque inside a craft? What's it doing? Right. The plaque had a circle. There's there's I think the picture of it had a, a copper circle. It was going around and around, and mm-hmm. he pulled it off. It's a bracket. And what's it doing? So, you know, Jacques, this is maybe where I disagree with Jacques, thinks that the army was, you know, putting wire around it. Oh, okay. I can see that. I, I can see that. I can understand that. But it shouldn't be on a plaque. It should right. be on a plaque that has a copper circle. Why would you put a copper circle if you're just winding it? Right.
0: And, so and no offense you know, to my army people, but some of the stuff that my husband showed me that they're making, it's not going to be um, polished like that. Especially if they're doing it on the fly, you know, like trying to hide this craft. They got to wire something. It's not going to be pretty. And it sounds like it was very like it was, it was made.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the book, you, you can see it. It was a square plaque. It had, you know, it was uh, on the wall. It had a circle in copper, and the thing went around the circle. So what? was it doing right and but I you know me I'd rather talk to the witnesses than I don't yes. care about metal or pieces or you know <laughs> pieces or metal when I got to Sabrina which is a seven-year-old girl she's telling me she had these pieces of aluminum because they didn't have slinkies at the time and they would scrunch them up and they'd go back to the way they were so because they'd had no choice yeah, and I'm going okay so how many pieces of that did you have and she said, right. "Well, my grandfather, who is Jose's uh, father, went back on a horse and picked him up off the ground." <laughs> so this supports the Roswell case with the foil, the memory foil, yes. because yes. she has nothing to do with Roswell, and this was two years before, and they didn't talk to each other. She didn't. In fact, Jose didn't know that Sabrina was playing with that. He didn't even I, know because he had he had been in California at the time. So we got these other what do you call it? Pieces we've got the the fiber optic stuff that they put on the Christmas tree right. that came out of the crack. <laughs> we got the, the the foil that goes out and in and then we got the piece that he went in there and took um, right as a as a souvenir I can see Jose is like that he doesn't he he's very and by the way when I'm talking to somebody that has a photographic memory you can ask Jose what day it was and he'll tell you wow. it was a Thursday and I right. have, you ever, have you ever met anybody like that.
0: I, I think okay. I've only met one photographic memory person, and they were a pharmacist. So the conversation wasn't that interesting. The way that well, it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you,
1: you can't ask him a question without his giving you all the details, of the time. Right, they the remember. They see television. it. Yeah, what was on TV? Or, you know, his uncle that was there. I mean, I'm going. Okay, I don't need all those details. But this man is amazing. So the book is amazing because you get the testimony of a photographic memory.
0: Right. Yes, absolutely. Do you? So we are coming up on fifty minutes. Do you? Um, would you take a question from the audience? It's about Trinity. Um, it says their descriptions of the entity uh, in Trinity. There were two witnesses.
1: Mm-hmm. Their
0: descriptions of the entities differed between the two witnesses. What do you make of that? And do you gravitate towards one viewer or another? And hello, everybody that just joined. Uh, I see John. I see Benji. I see Rocky. K two K four two D Diesel Girl Existential Minds. I, these are all my. My people that always support. So thank you, real quick. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. So, what do you make a diff? What do you make of the differences of the? Well, theme? first of
1: all, you got uh, in the book. I've got to say what they say. I, I've got to. I kind i got to tell what they say. The six-year-old, because he was focused on the eyes, and the eyes for him were insect-type eyes, but they were big black eyes. But he mm-hmm. he lo- he thought they looked like a fire ant. Um, and they were graves. They were the typical graves with the long, spindly arms. So they—it was no fire ant. But the problem is that there was nothing in the. There were no books. Kenneth Arnold had not come up and talked about UFOs yet. They had no frame of reference. So as a child, he's looking at them as kids, like they are, because they're only three feet tall. And the eyes <laughs> were what got Remy. And the eyes he thought were like insect type eyes because he doesn't know what to compare them to but Remy had a vision he had a vision of people falling out of skyscrapers and he had never seen a skyscraper so they gave him a vision of 9-11 You know, I mean, so the poor kid, he's trying to make sense out of what he's seen. These things are sliding back and forth. And Mm -hmm. so Jose is totally different. Jose is hearing them crying because he thinks, Mm -hmm, he said they're squealing. So he thinks they're in trouble. He wants to go in and help them. He's not afraid of them. And they're long spindly arms and big heads and gray outfits. Uh, He called it an outfit Mm because it it seemed to be part of it. Mm -hmm. It, it, they, They were not mantis. But right. um, the 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 little one was focused on the eyes, so because yes. he was getting the messages. So I had to put what they said exactly, and and it is an interpretation of a six year, a seven year old, and a nine year old. Right. So you know. Uh, they they didn't have any frame of reference. I mean, today if you if you met uh, probably a little uh, extraterrestrial biological entity a gray, you'd say, "Oh yeah, I saw him in the magazine. I saw him on yeah. TV," you know. But there was nothing, nothing back right. then.
0: Right, right. That, but that's that's very interesting um, because, like you said, like now we know what it is. We have an emoji. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, they're everywhere, and they're even kind of just like. They've been, like, cute. Like, they make them cute. People make them super cute, and people like them. But, but that's not the aliens. Those are just Ryan. little robots that...
1: The E.T. The, the, the e. is like us. I don't even know how to say it. That's I think I, that... I think it
0: makes sense.
1: I mean, I think that if God created humans here on this planet, why would he just create them on here? He, he created them all over the place, and they some of them are more evolved, so they can come here. and we, we can't even get off of this planet, so... You know, it's it's time that we grow up here. So, yeah, so we could go among the stars. You know, so we could go. We could go, if they want us. You know, if they would want us to, to yeah.
0: travel. It's interesting. The first thing we're worried about as humans is getting weapons up there, and that's another that's thing true. that people give Greer grief. But he does talk about keeping weapons out of space, and I really do respect. Well, that. I think they're
1: already there, so it's not even a question. Uh, 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 that's the way yeah. we think. Uh, that's the way we think. So they're, they're probably they pointing.
0: Kind of scary, don't you think, being a away. a being flying by doing the flyby by this planet that has a lot of potential? People beings that have a lot of potential, and there's just these guns pointed right at you. No, but I don't think you can do anything
1: to them. I mean, obviously they they're, they're <laughs> yeah. They can go from one dimension and I mean, come on. Uh, uh, I don't think we're we're at the point i remember colonel corso saying to me he said well it's ridiculous to think of a space war it's like our shooting cannons at something right like, right and he said cannonballs and this is a man in the military in the air force so he is our shooting cannonballs at something you yeah, know our weapons are archaic to yeah. a
0: technology <laughs> like that so
1: and, and and I, you know, I don't think in those terms, but I've had like very important people, the people I've interviewed in all my books are like Edgar Mitchell, Apollo 14 astronaut, Colonel Philip Corso, um, a lot of intelligence people. I did the Charles Hall case, the one, you know, in in uh, Indian Springs. Uh, my God, I've done so many of these cases and they're usually military
0: right. and,
1: and military people are very stable when they're yeah. describing their things, you know? So, and, and I hope I did a good job because I just put down what they told me. I didn't change one word.
0: That's, that's very respectable, you know, and that's how journalism should be. You were just trained correctly and you, you took your role as a journalist seriously. We are up on five minutes, um, to the hour and I had a question. Um, I had emailed you the question. I'm going to read it. I keep looking down to see my questions. I'm not. <laughs> um, So this is regarding the UFO community. Um, They seem to be divided at the time into different camps, Um, you know, science only, nuts and bolts. Um, And then what some people will be like, oh, that's the woo stuff, you know, and other people will be, you know, there's other random little camps around. Um, Do you have a message for these different sides that have been created unnecessarily within the community? Um, Because we all kind of want to know the truth. So... (laughs) Well, you know, there was an article written in
1: Wired about Jagolet, a beautiful article, and they mentioned me and they call me woo-woo. Oh, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> and I'm going, oh, come on. You know?
0: Dimensions are real things. People just haven't read enough physics. If they look into string theory, they will realize everything's connected. Like it's not a 60s hippie thing anymore.
1: Well what's cool <laughs> I mean what's woo, really I mean it's all connected it's that, but that but it the reason why they mentioned me as woo-woo is because they're putting a contrast between a male and a female and yeah. this is one of the problems you know um that the males are all you know scientific see, yeah. and the females are out to lunch there the you know, animals yeah. and all this Yeah. It's ridiculous. it's super it, 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 that's what's so beautiful about Trinity. It is the blending of male and female point of view. And and uh, how could you have just one point of view? So, right. yeah, I have no message for them. The, 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 the feeling I get is that it's too much of a, an entertainment field and competitive yeah. And, yes. and I always say to Jacques if we all sat at the table and we all shared our research we'd find the answer immediately but everybody is possessive and everybody's worried about money and they want to be yeah. books and they want to be on TV and they want to make a movie about right. and, and and when you become a media star and I hope I don't yeah. become a media star um when you become a media star your whole life changes rather than i would my dream and i'll be Honest about that is, I'd like to teach a class in a university. I like that would be amazing class, and I like students to come and I give them all of the 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 real. And I do teach for Michael Salas Exopolitics Institute online. I would like to. I would really like to to bring this to to a university and and off the off the circuit of. You know, entertainment. So, uh, yes. but I don't know if I'll ever see that. So, but you just asked me. So, I just answered your question.
0: Oh, I think that's a great goal. There needs to be, if people are going to complain about, you know, um, wanting more answers, then go to school and get some answers. Do some research and find some answers. So, I think that read and read. We need and read. <laughs> read. Don't <get> it
1: from <laughs> YouTube, but when it's digested by somebody yeah. else, somebody yeah. digests it and gives it to you. No, no read read go to the source i always as a teacher i would never take anybody's paper that, that they had to have footnotes they didn't they had to go to the source they didn't have to go to youtube
0: yeah yeah we had to have like i remember in virology if we did like a research paper we had to have like so many sources and different types right. of sources and incredible sources it couldn't be like a
1: you youtube know, channel <laughs>
0: yeah and uh, or wikipedia you know so um yeah yeah, it's very interesting. I think that I hope that happens for you, because I think that's what the world needs. I, I had a teacher there before I was leaving Alaska, going to Missouri. And she was starting an astrobiology class, talking about the different astrobiology theories. And everybody thought she was so weird. But I was like, Oh, I don't want to leave now because I want to take that class. <laughs> because she's, um she's a, she's an anthropologist, but she's uh, also like a science major. So she does all like she studies a lot of different like, uh. She studied, her main thing was uh, biology on molecular biology. That's what I'm trying to say. So, so she was uh, doing it from a different standpoint versus, you know, um, some of the stuff we might just see floating around, but I hope that she succeeded and I hope she's making more classes and I hope you get that class. I hope so too. Yeah. We'll put it out there for you. We'll just like, everybody in the chat says they'll take it. So you at least got some. (laughs) enjoy, enjoy, Enjoy Trinity because it is a
1: historic book.
0: I think, yes, if you haven't read it already, this is going to be my second time reading it. There's actually I'm not going to show you anything. because I want you to buy it, but there's there's diagrams in here. So if you're reading something, they give you a picture and you can kind of like make more sense of it. If you're a visual person, if you're not a visual person, you just enjoy great writing and facts and history about, you know, the Trinity and the different UFO crashes in New Mexico, you'll love it too. Paula, where can people find you? And do you have anything cool coming up that you want people to know about? Well,
1: first of all, my website is www.paola, P-A-O-L-A. Paola yeah. because yeah, I'm Italian.
0: I keep uh, trying to say it, and it comes out the
1: wrong well, way. Don't worry about
0: it, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> I'm attempting, just so you
1: know. Well, uh, it, it, don't worry. Anyway, paolaharris.com. And then what I'd really like people to go to, because we're doing a, a – a a small conference in Crestone, Colorado with Native Americans uh, in May is www.starworksusa.com. When you go there, that's my Laughlin conference. We've got all of speakers already. I'm bringing Michelle Zerger over. Uh, and, oh, my God, Sid Goldberg, Regina Meredith, Andrea Perone. Oh, I, I mean, Andrea Perone is conjuring. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you have there. so many
0: great people. Yeah, so amazing people list. should
1: go there and sign up. And uh, it looks like we're one of the only conferences left because a lot of them aren't coming happening this year, but ours, we got the speakers, we got the place, everything's going to go. And then uh, as far as coming up, I have the conference in Laughlin November mm-hmm. um, 11th through 14th and a lot of panels uh, where people can get some really good information.
0: Very cool. So I have your website inside the description, but I can add the Starworks as well.
1: USA because we have like the one in Crestone for we're, with the Native Americans and CE5. We're gonna, I have five oh, acres of land in Crestone, so I we wow. can do five, and that's where the movie Serious was shot by Stephen okay. Greer. And then we're gonna do one with Ricardo Gonzalez from Latin America in August, and he's amazing. He's on Gaia. he's he's just, I mean, th- this is probably the most important. Uh, contactee I've ever met. And he's from Argentina. He's from Argentina. He doesn't speak English, but we have an interpreter and that is our works too.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I'll add that to the description. um, That way people have both websites and they can check that out. Thank you so much, everybody in the chat. If you like this channel and what you're hearing and seeing, please give a subscribe, like Um, there's different ways to support the channel in the description and thank you to everybody that's joining live. If you're living, if you're listening on Anomalous Podcast Network in a week or two, thank you so much as well. I appreciate every one of you. And thanks for giving me a place to talk to people about something, a subject that's so dear to my heart and my life. Thank you so much, Paula. Hang hang out for one second afterwards so I can say goodbye. Thank okay. you, everybody. Thank you, Priscilla.